You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. And welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. It is a pretty important week for us. This week is our membership drive. Chuck, how are you feeling today? Hey, I'm doing great. We're off to a good start. You know, I, I want to say there's like 20 uh, new memberships and renewals already. And uh, we've, I've generally been in the office here a couple hours. So we've got, yeah. a, we've got a long ways to go, but it's a pretty, pretty cool start. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, we have a big goal of trying to get to 2,000 members by the end of the year, uh, hopefully by the end of the week. And that's incorporated into our overall goal of doubling our membership every single year, uh, which is a pretty big thing, but I think we can do it. Yeah, last year when we got to this point, I mean, you'd only been with us a couple months, and I remember Mm -hmm. kind of lowering expectations for everyone. And then we just blew by (laughs) everything. And, you know, this year, um, my gosh, we've done so much in the last year. And really, if we just, uh, you know, our audience is more than doubled from a year ago. If, if our mem- rate of membership this year uh, was just up by like 10% of what it was last year, uh, we would, we'd blow past our membership goal. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah. this, is, uh, this is doable, but yet... I mean, we need an additional 500 members this week. I mean, that's a, that's a big number. Yeah, it's a lot. And we also need to keep our existing members. So if you are a member and you're listening to this, um, don't tune out because we still need you and value you a ton. Um, and make sure to renew, obviously. You'll get a um, reminder a couple weeks before that your renewal date is up. So yeah. definitely don't forget to do that. So, Chuck, do you want to talk about the article that you wrote today? Kind of a manifesto of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I, I, I thought all weekend about this. And that's usually how, like, the, when I write something good, uh, <laughs> the, the, it happens one of two ways, really never in the, the middle. Either um, I sit down and just, you know, f- put something together real quick without thinking about it. Those tend to, those tend to work. But most of the time, uh, what happens is like Friday, uh, I start milling about, about something. Something starts grinding around in my brain. And then over the weekend, I just chew on it like for hours and hours as I'm doing, going about things. I'll, I'll often keep like a post-it note or a piece of paper with me and just write down stuff. Um, and then I come in on Sunday night and I, I write and, you know, last week was so painful, um, and I, I, you know, if you listen to the podcast uh, that I put out last week, you, you know that it was, you know, I kind of talked in depth about this. To me, it, last week was painful, and it it, w- it was painful not because of any election outcome. I mean, we can we can talk about that, but to me, it was painful to just watch. Um, and I knew this was going to happen regardless, but just watch good people kind of go insane. You know, people blow up, and. I, I'm not talking about, you know, protesters out in the street and I'm not talking about people who are, you know, upset about politics. I'm talking about people who I know, who I love and care about and people who I think are great people um, who all of a sudden hate each other. And I mean, like viscerally hate each other 
because the election you know, either went the way they wanted or didn't go the way they wanted. And it was just really, it was very, very painful. And I wanted to write a little bit, I mean, in the spirit of this being our member drive, I wanted to just take a moment and share with people what I see all the time. You know, I'm the guy who has to go out and, and share this message in person with people and travel around the country and, and give talks and, and meet with people. And I've had the good fortune this year of meeting with, you know, people who are elected to high public office and people who, you know, have absolutely zero to do with any type of organization, uh, but just, you know, live in a neighborhood and care about it. And really everybody in between. And I've been to, you know, red states, deeply red states. I've been to deeply blue states. And every place I've been, when we talk to people about strong towns, they react positively. Uh, they, they say, you know, this is a really important message. One of the, like, feedback I get the most often is, how do we get this in front of more people? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, as if there's it, it, a lot of times where, you know, I will be in my fourth day with no sleep and, uh, you know, do a presentation and, and afterwards people will come up at the event and they'll say, how do we get this in front of more people? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm killing myself here <laughs> trying to do that. Uh, so, you know, I, I wanted to share with people just this idea that we don't have to hate each other. I mean, we don't have to, uh, disagree on things that there, there are, some, you know, there are some truths, there are some universal conversations that we can have with people that don't divide us, that bring us together, that actually give us a a framework for talking about things. And Strong Towns is one of those. You know, we've been very successful in reaching this incredibly broad cross-section of America and having a constructive dialogue about the future of their places. And I, I think today, with where we're at as a country, with where we're at, uh, you know, as a as a culture, our message is is really desperately needed. Yeah, and we focus on local activism and making change on a small scale at a local level, uh, rather than concerning ourselves with what's happening at the federal level. Although we do care. And we know that that impacts the local level. But well, when we think about how we're going to make change. Yeah, but we talk about, I mean, we talk about it all. And, and I, I, I think, you know, I was looking back, you know, the infrastructure conversation that we've had since September, I, I think has been really important. And, and this was our, this was our kind of reaction to the campaign was to say, let's actually talk to people who are, you know, experiencing things and dealing with things and, and from, you know, as many different perspectives as we can, professional, non-professional, uh, red state, blue state, uh, let's talk to people and see what they say. And I mean, to me, that has kind of informed, um, you know, my, it's kind of helped my filter in how I look at things nationally, even though, you know, we've argued for a long time that the action is at the local level. I mean, the actions mm-hmm. with your mayor and city council, the actions with your neighborhood group, the actions with your neighbors on mm-hmm. your block. But, you know, I don't discount the national conversation, but it's changing a lot now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, we're kind of positioned to be, uh, if not, you know, 
if not the, the bridge builders at the national level, certainly you know our conversation is the glue that's going to hold a lot of this cultural dialogue together. Yeah, coming into work on Wednesday, uh, I was feeling pretty bad and uh, not not feeling good about our country, and haven't felt good about our country for the last several days, but. Um, I did feel very good about working for Strong Towns and being able to, it gave me a renewed sense of purpose and commitment to Strong Towns after everything that happened. Yeah. Well, and I, I, let me, uh, cause I, you know, <laughs> you and I talk politics a little bit, but it's not really yeah. a central focus of what we do here. Um, I, I have to say that elections for me, like the last three election seasons, have just been, and maybe you go back four. I started writing in 2008 after the election season because it was just so painful to me. And I, I think the thing that was so painful is not necessarily who won or who lost. You know, I, 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 that, that, that to me was not like the painful part. And the painful part to me was not even like the rhetoric of the campaign. You know, like I, I get that these people don't like each other. And I get that they have contrasting views and I get that, you know, they, um, benefit to a degree from making us angry and making us fear each other and making us have a lot of anxiety, you know, uh, and, and that, that is both parties. I mean, going back as, as long as I've been around, uh, I mean, you can, you can look at the, uh, the wedge issues from every campaign and they're called wedge issues for a reason. They're meant to divide us. The thing that has been just painful to me is that, you know, we, we can go on for, for months and months and months and, and talk about things as like rational people, right? Like we can have complex conversations about issues, but when we get to these campaign seasons, it's like we stop treating each other as, as thoughtful human beings and start just like assuming uh, what, you know, what, what the campaigns want us to think about each other, which is that, you know, half the population is horrible. Half the population doesn't think like you. Half the population, you know, would take your lunch and, and, and stomp on you if they could. And I, I don't know. I, I go around the country and I meet thousands of people and I don't run into people like that. I mean, occasionally you run into like the very distasteful person. Uh, and the, you know, the, the person you'd rather not be around, but in general, people want, you know, the same things they, they, they want, uh, you know, they want their, their cities and their neighborhoods to be great places to live. They, they want to feel safe. They want to be around people they care about. Uh, they want people to, you know, experience justice and, and harmony and, you know, this is, these are kind of universal things. And the thing that makes me upset about these elections is that that we, we almost lose sight of that. You know, we, we almost lose sight of, I think our common decency and we do that because they, you know, the, the, the politicians benefit from having us lose sight of it. You know, if you, if you fear the person on the other side of the tracks, uh, you know, that is, that is to the benefit of, of the person who wants you to fear them. And, and I've been to both sides of the tracks. There's stuff to be concerned about. I'm not suggesting the world is a, a perfect place, but my gosh, 
we've got uh, we've got so much common dialogue. We really do. And I I think that's what you know. To me, you said you're excited to come work for Strong Towns on Wednesday morning. I got up Wednesday morning and gave a speech, and I was excited to do it because I, I knew that this was something that was to a huge room of people who had all voted differently and all had different reactions to the campaign, yet everybody in this room was going to be enthused and excited about the vision we were laying out for people. So let's switch gears, and I wanted to ask you, what are some of the things or the one thing that you are most proud of from the last year at Strong Towns? Oh, wow. You know, I I haven't... (laughs) I think I have to start thinking about that because we're in that time of the year when I've got to... uh, like trumpet things, usually, okay, for me, usually it's like intellectually something that I worked through over the course Mm -hmm. of this year. And there were really three things, you know, we're going to get to in a couple of weeks here, publishing our best of for the year. I'm, I'm very proud of the Tomas Sedlicek stuff I did earlier in the year with the, uh, um, understanding growth series, yeah. And I realized that that was not like the most widely read stuff and it was not the most impactful. Um, but it, it, it crossed a kind of intellectual Rubicon for me and allowed me to kind of move on. Th- th- these are things that I have been kind of gnawing on for a long time and it, it allowed me to, to move on. I- I'm also really proud of the, uh, I'm also really proud of the writing and the dialogue uh, around the traffic stops this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really difficult issue to talk about. And again, it was one of those issues that I think in context of our politics just tends to divide people. And I, I feel like we worked really hard in the context of our conversation at Strong Towns to, to create some understanding. I'm also just from a from a execution standpoint... I'm really proud of the way we've run a, a whole bunch of kind of topic-focused campaigns this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we we set out to do that as a goal. I didn't know if we could do it or not. I, I didn't know if we could we could make. I didn't know if it would matter. Mm-hmm. And the way people, the you know, the way you and, and other contributors went about setting those things up, uh, the way we executed on them, the way we kind uh, of. You know, broadened the dialogue on, on each of these specific issues. And, and then the way it helped us reach more and more people. I, I'm, I'm enthused about what we learned this year with that process and, and how I think that can help us, you know, next year and the year after and the year after reach more and more people with a, 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 a tighter and tighter message. Yeah. The campaigns was the thing that I was going to highlight too, as a thing that I feel most proud of. I think, We were able to talk about a real breadth of issues from no new roads to federal housing policy to strong schools, big box stores. Um, Yeah, I think we reached a lot of different audiences with that. And I also like that now we have that content. Um, We have like a page for each of those topics and that content is just there saved and we continue to build on it um, over time. And I'm excited for campaigns that we'll do next year too. We have to decide on those. Yeah. Well, and you know, we, we, uh, I I mentioned today in, in the, the post that I wrote that, that, you know, we punch way above our weight class. Yeah. I'm glad that you highlighted 
our budget and our staff yeah. in comparison to many other organizations that have million dollar budgets and staffs of 10, 20, 30 people. Well, it's, it's uh, funny because people, yeah. people assume that we have this huge staff. Yeah. I don't think people realize no. sometimes and they're like, <laughs> I have this idea. Could you guys do it? And I'm like, I would love to do that idea. If we just had about five more people working for us, yeah. we could make that idea happen tomorrow. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> well, and, and I, th I think this is a good example. The campaign pages are, are, are a really good example of the kind of th things that we do, uh, to, you know, punch above our weight class. So, we we put together these campaigns and the idea is that why don't why don't you just go explain a little bit about how you put together a campaign and and I mean you know we we pick the topics we set them out but but actually going about and putting together it talk a little bit about it cuz I want to talk about how we follow up then and leverage that yeah, I mean, the campaigns, brainstorming the topic started way long ago at the start of the year with our contributors. We had a big conversation and picked the topics. And then throughout the year, we've kind of figured out when it's a good time. Like, for instance, for, for, for strong schools, we figured uh, during the back-to-school season in September it was going to be a good time for that. And then we sat together as a staff and thought about which members and writers uh, would be good to speak on this topic. We thought about what aspects of the topic we wanted to highlight. Um, you know, we found people to interview who could speak intelligently about it. Um, for most of the campaigns, we've figured out a way to uh, get engagement from members, whether it's some sort of like take a picture of your kid walking to school and post on social media or a webcast. Um, yeah, and then we just... Think about, you know, a good way to assemble that into a week of content and put together a web page that illustrates that and roll with it. Yeah. So so now we've got all these campaigns, whether, you know, the, these places where we've essentially aggregated and stored stuff. And mm -hmm. and for me, like thinking strategically about this, I, I, I thought this is a really good way for us to essentially build for lack of a better word, like landing pages, places where people, if they were looking for a topic, could 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 go and land and get like inundated with here's how Strong Towns uh, types of people think about this issue. Yeah. So so that was a way for us to essentially do more with our content without you know, with, without spending a lot more time and energy. Cause we don't, we don't have time. We, we, we don't have tons of people. We don't have tons of resources. So we got to be like very strategic. Mm -hmm. So, so then we take that landing page and what do we do? Um, we now, uh, set up a, a whole Google AdWords campaign around it. Uh, we've been able to, thanks to, uh, the generosity of Google, uh, leverage $10,000 of AdWords, uh, every month. Uh, to reach you know these these really really broad groups of people, so mm -hmm. for example, with our no new roads campaign or our Black mm -hmm. Friday parking campaign, uh, we've got a, a, a long list of AdWords set up with those, and uh, you know now we're driving traffic to those places, and you know you have organized those pages so that uh, they're not just standalone pieces. When you get to the end of one, there's there's other related stuff. And so we, we see all the time where people will find us through one of these Google ads or find us through, uh, you know, a, a sponsored Facebook post uh, or some other way we've tried to, you know, leverage that content. 
And then uh, they'll get lost on our site. I mean, they'll spend, they'll spend hours and hours and hours going through stuff. And, and that was not happening a year ago. I mean, that is because of the way we've uh, kind of, you know, de- re- deployed our resources in a different way to, to, to maximize that engagement. Yeah. And another thing that we've done with a couple of these campaigns uh, after the fact is worked with a graphic designer and edited internally um, some of the best pieces from the campaign and put them together into a PDF ebook. Uh, so that's something that we've, we've produced one on housing and we've got one coming out this week about big box stores, which I'm excited for. Um, and these are really good pieces to, you know, obviously read for your own enjoyment and education, but also they're really easy to share with others who might be interested in learning more about this topic. So that'll be emailed out to all our members later this week. So if you become a member, you will get a copy of that. And I'm just really, I, I guess th- this is the kind of thing that I'm really proud of because what we, what we have done is we've sat down and said, look, we have this massively huge goal. I mean, we want to reach a million people who care. We want a million people out there talking about Strong Towns and sharing our message. But we don't have uh, some huge you know, financial backer. We, we don't have massive, you know, amounts of money. We have a very limited staff and a limited capacity. So, so how do we, you know, strategically approach this to get the maximum amount out of every little bit of stuff we do? A a lot of that has mean we've said no to a lot of things and and that's been really, really painful. Uh, And there are times when, you know, we, we see ideas that come up and we really want to do them. But we've internally disciplined ourselves to stay with our plan, uh, to stay focused, and uh, you know to to bring new ideas in, but in through a way where we uh, we don't lose momentum. Yeah. And I'm just I'm I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish in the last you know 14 months. Uh, you and me and, and the others on this staff. Uh, really through a, a lot of focus and discipline and, and deploying these limited resources in a highly strategic way. Okay, so let's switch gears to talk about um, what we are most looking forward to for next year and all the new members who join us and all of our existing members who continue to support us are going to enable us to really grow this movement and be able to do a bunch of new fantastic things next year. So what are you, uh, what are you hopeful for, Chuck? Well, at the at the board level, uh, our board of directors, we we've we've had this question, really for the last three years that that we've asked ourselves, and the question is this: if 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 we had a million dollars, or if we had half a million dollars, would we know what to do with it? And yeah. and and the answer to that has always been no, and not that we didn't have a lot of things that we could throw money at. Um, but, but we really weren't like strategically set up to really maximize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we just didn't, we, you know, we, in being honest with ourselves, what we actually said internally was that we'd be more likely to screw it up than we would, you know, make a good use of that. Um, we were, we were not in the ready to run phase. We were in the learning to walk phase. Yeah. Um, incrementally growing. Incrementally growing. Yeah. We're now at the point where we're ready. We're ready to run. Yeah, half a million. I can think of what to do with that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> and and the thing is, is like we're not. Uh, you know, I'm not suggesting that we're done learning. Like we have everything figured out, and we don't. But 
you know, uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago, I was going to the board saying, look, I'm out giving these talks and we don't have people here to, to, you know, get, get the group ready for that. We don't have people to do upfront work. We don't have anybody following up. Uh, we're spending a lot of energy and we're not getting enough out of it. We're leaving a lot on the table and we made some strategic changes and dealt with that. And, and we fixed that. And now when I show up somewhere, I'm not showing up with a group of 20 or 25. I'm showing up for a group of a hundred, 200, 400. I mean, we're, we're getting huge crowds when we go out to speak and we're not, you know, walking away from those people and saying, all right, good luck. You know, we're bringing those people into our conversation, uh, they're, you know, now tuned into our content. They're visiting our site. They're, they're getting email from us. They're listening to the podcast. They're tied in, in a way that was not happening before. I, I stepped back and said like, where is the opportunity now for that? And, and what we really need more than I, to me, what, what I want more than anything is some really good, high quality, uh, and, and I'll, I'll call them storytellers for lack of a better thing, but I, I really, let me give you an example. So this last summer we were in Detroit and between us and, and you know, me and Michelle uh, and Johnny Sanfilippo who was there and uh, some of the other people that I know in CNU, there were so many on the ground stories in Detroit. Detroit is one of the most exciting cities in this country right now. And it's not exciting in the way that I think a lot of people maybe would, would believe or think what's exciting is what's like going on under the hype, you know, uh, under the, and I mean hype in a, in a good way, in a bad way. I mean, there's one narrative of Detroit is, you know, falling apart and is this horrible place. Uh, and there's another narrative that, you know, well, Detroit is this, you know, Renaissance zone and, and getting all these big investors coming in to me. The fascinating thing about Detroit is the stuff that lies in the middle of that. Um, you know, Johnny did a, a profile of this, uh, this young family, this young couple, uh, who had bought this house really cheaply, had put a bunch of money into it, you know, b a bunch, like $15,000 fixing it up, uh, had a garden at a, at a rental unit and lived like a really nice lifestyle on a pretty low burn rate. And he talked about the neighborhood that's growing up around that and coalescing around that to me. I see these stories all over the place. I see them in, in Detroit, in Memphis, in Shreveport, in Buffalo. Uh, you know, I, I see them to lesser degrees in, in, you know, places like Northern California when I, when we were out there in places like Southern Texas, uh, I would really, I, I, I want the capacity. We need the capacity to be able to delve into those stories and, and, and talk about them. And, you know, put them in a strong towns context and, and highlight them and show people what's possible and actually, you know, kind of tie in then the, the, the policy conversation. Here's how you do these things at the local level. Here's how you make this happen. Here's, here's people who are doing it. And really what we're talking about is just more bandwidth. We, we just need more bodies to be able to, uh, to, to actually, you know, get this stuff in turn it around, put it together and, and, and present it to people so that, you know, our dialogue continues to, to mature. You know, I, I think a couple of years ago, the critique of strong towns and it was, it was, it was a very fair one was that you guys are really good at pointing out the problem. 
you guys are really good at talking about the problems, but you really fall short when it comes to, you know, what do we do about it? And that was frustrating to me because I could see what we needed to do, right? Um, but we didn't have the, the, the examples. We didn't have the, the people out there doing it. We couldn't really point to, in, in broad ways, uh, you know, people who are kind of rising to meet this challenge. They're now, we're now inundated by them. And, and we've taken a lot of time this year to point those out and, and to, you know, we've got a success story page now. We, we go through and we, we highlight these and we share them. We could do so much more of that. And we really need to do more of that. And I really want to get the, the staff and the capacity to be able to take this message you know, aggressively in that direction. Yeah, we have a whole list of roles that we would love to be able to fill very soon. Um, who, yeah, can do all the things that Chuck is talking about. And we're adding a new employee, uh, hopefully this week or next week. So I'm excited about that as a starting point. But yeah, more would be even better. Well, and, and like I said, I, we're at the point now where it, it's not a matter of like learning to walk. Um, you know, we, we've got some of the, the most uh, advanced analytics that I've seen. I, I've, I've met with other people who are trying to do things similar to us, uh, people who run like huge, huge organizations. And I go through like how we set up, you know, our interactions, how we uh, position our content, how we use, uh, you know, th these, these analytic devices to... Um, ensure that our content is as engaging as it possibly can be. And we're vastly more advanced than a, a lot of these places uh, that you know, have been doing this a long, long time and have really huge budgets. If we were able to pour more resources into what we're doing now, we will change the conversation in this country. We will, we will make it so that strong towns and strong towns like conversations are ubiquitous. They're, they're happening everywhere and you cannot uh, avoid them when you're going to start talking about cities, towns, and, and neighborhoods and, and what makes a place prosperous. So if that sounds exciting to you, please visit strongtowns.org slash membership and sign up today. Um, this week, I also wanted to let people know that tomorrow, um, Tuesday, at 12 p.m. Central, we're going to have a Slack chat online that Chuck and I and maybe Yuri will also participate in and you can feel free to ask us any questions that you have about what we're doing, you know, what we use your donations for, um, what our goals are for the future. Um, yeah, so join us for that 12 p.m. tomorrow um, on Slack. Yeah, I've been traveling so much that uh, th this is the, the travel season and it actually starts to die down now, right about now. Thank but, goodness. Oh my gosh, from Labor Day... Uh, till now, it's been insane. Uh, October, I think I was in the office all of three days. Otherwise, I was I was gone, and I feel bad because what what happens is that I'm not doing. I, I love doing this the Slack chats, and I love um, you know having those like intimate interactions with people. And mm -hmm. this time of year, it's just tough to keep up. I I try, but it's really hard. So. I know a lot of people wanted to talk about the election with me and a lot of people wanted to ask questions about strong towns. Don't we have a whole list of, of, uh, of questions too, that I'm going to be answering the podcast this week? Yes. We have several podcasts coming out this week. And one of them is an ask me anything where we invited all our members to submit questions 
any question to Chuck, and he's going to probably not be able to get to all of them because we have, I don't know, 30 by now. And some oh, really? Of them are, like paragraphs okay. long. But uh, we'll try to do as many as we can. Um, a whole range of questions about people's issues in their own towns, big infrastructure and presidential election questions. Um, I think somebody wanted to know what your favorite type of ice cream was, so that Ooh. should be one to answer quickly. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of good questions that were submitted, so look forward to that and several other podcasts this week. It's going to be a busy one. Cool. Do you know what? The Dairy, the dairy Queen uh, came out with uh, – they do this this time of year. They came out with um, – and you're, you're thinking that I'm going the pumpkin blizzard, right? And I'm not. I don't like pumpkin. I'm not a pumpkin. Here's what they came up with. And I, I just, I find myself just like craving this continuously now. It is a Oreo blizzard with um, peppermint, like uh, they like take. peppermint patties or something? No, no, no. They take candy canes. Oh, wow. And they crunch them up and they, they put that in. So it's like a. Candy cane Oreo blizzard. And, you know, our, our ice cream stand, our locally owned one is closed down for the year. And, um, you know, I don't go to the Dairy Queen all that often, but I have, it having to catch my eye that they had this one again. And now I'm just, I'm, I'm obsessing about it. Um, I've only had one, I've only gone once. It's been there a week. And I kind of feel like, you know, if you ask me like what my favorite kind of ice cream is like right now, right now, this very moment I could eat a large, <laughs> Oreo peppermint blizzard. Well, there we go. Sneak peek at uh. that upcoming episode of the podcast. So uh, let's wrap it up. But uh, again, thank you sincerely to everyone who's a member of this movement. Um, and we need so many more of you to be part of what we're doing. So please become a member this week. Strongtowns.org slash membership should only take you a minute or two to sign up. And we really appreciate you contributing to what we're doing. Yeah, thanks everybody. It, it it is it is humbling to me. Um, you know, the the idea a couple of years ago that we would have members, that we'd have people who would, you know, become like formally part of our, our movement and say, Yeah, we want to donate, we want to support this, just blew me away. And then, you know, when we did it, all of a sudden there's hundreds of people that signed up and, and it's every year at this time it's just deeply humbling, uh the the, the love that people have for, for what we're doing. And uh, the fact that they would take the time to uh, to support it and say, yes, this is important. We want to see it uh, expand and we want to see you do more. And it's the reason why I, I, I spend that month on the road, right? It's the reason why I don't sleep, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm motivated and humbled by the support. So, yes, thank you very much. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org. 